Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. That song is my jam. Slapping that all week. Man, been slapping it all week, man, because, uh, you know, like, you can never be reminded enough of who God is. You can never be reminded enough of who God is. Worthy, worthy, holy, holy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. It's your boy Donald Ray from the Bay, a.k.a. DJ Ayayay. And now, a.k.a. Pastor Donald. Um, you if you would have asked me uh, shoot, probably even like five years ago, what I would have thought that I had the pastor title, I probably wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't never thought, but you know, God's ways are higher than ours. His plans are greater than ours. And, um, you know, I'm just, it's an honor and a privilege, uh, to be up here before the TBCF congregation as always. And, uh, yeah. It's just, it's just an honor to be here, man. So I pray that today's word would encourage you. Um, I, I'm going to try not to be up here very long. Um, but nonetheless, I pray that this word blesses you and encourages you and makes you closer in your walk with Christ than you were when you came in. Amen. So it's funny, man. We live, uh, there, there's a lot of distractions, man. We live in a world that's like full of distractions. You know, some of y'all, like during during worship service, some of y'all were distracted. You know what I'm saying? Y'all like heard the the little bit of delay on the teacher's voice, and y'all was like, "Is that somebody else singing behind?" No, you, I mean like there's distractions all around us all the time, right? And so like it's funny in my era growing up in school, you know what I'm saying? They had this thing like all these kids started getting diagnosed like all of a sudden with ADD, right? All these like attention deficit disorder is what they called it, right? All these kids was getting a they had ADD and it was like basically the cut up kids, the kids that like couldn't pay attention to stuff or whatever. And it's funny because like while all these classmates and stuff that we had that were getting diagnosed with ADD, it wasn't allowed in the Johnson house, right? Because if we had ADD, a belt could fix it. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's. We, the Johnson, if your last name was Johnson, you was not allowed to have ADD, right? Because, I mean, it was, like, just real simple. Like, you know, like, mom's like, you, you cut up again, and I got to take off work, and, it, and it's on. It's a problem. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but it's crazy, man. And, and, and if you look at the society we live in, like, we have technology at our fingertips all the time. We got a, a wealth of information at our fingertips all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, our, our young people are, like, overly stimulated. You know what I'm saying? Like, just all, all these distractions, all these things. And, and, and 
and and God forbid that you got to go and do some studying on the internet or, or Google something or whatever. You can't even study or look nothing up without being bombarded by ads and stuff trying to sell you something, right? It's like, let alone like the fact like earlier in the week, you could have been like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, some lady fingers sound good to me, like whatever. And you just was in a conversation. You didn't even have the internet open or nothing. And all of a sudden Thursday come around and like you looking up, you know, preparing for the message, and all of a sudden you got like all these ads for Ladyfingers all on your, all on your, on your computer. It's like, where did that come from? So we ain't even gonna get into the whole Big Brother thing, but it's like a lot of distractions, a lot of things that's going on, a lot of moving parts to this world that we live in, and it's almost funny. It's almost like all of these developers and stuff like that were the kids that I grew up with that had ADD, and they were like these mastermind nemesis that were like, we're gonna make the world just like us and live in a world where they're constantly distracted because that's how we grew up and that's what we have. So now you're going to share in what we have. It's, it's, it's a conspiracy. So in a society that we live in, we have devices everywhere. I mean, like, there's a lot of distractions going on. I mean, we even got TVs in our cars now, Right? And I understand you got TVs in the headrest, you got little kids and stuff, you go on a long trip. Lord, Lord, please let there be TVs in the headrest so they can, you know what I'm saying, so you can get on the trip and, and you know, not, not be bothered by them. But what you need a TV in the front for? You're supposed to be watching the road. You're supposed to be watching the road, man. Come on. Let's get serious. So the last time I was up here, the uh, message I talked about was the con. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but we, we, we went over the fact that uh, a con man is, is, is short for a confidence man because he gains the confidence of somebody and so he can take advantage of them, right? And so, so he gains their confidence by misdirection and distraction, right? So, and then we find out that, that the person that they're looking for to run the con on is... It's called a mark, right? So we, don't, we learn that we don't want to be the mark, right? So let's take a look. We just, I, I don't really have a, a, a title for this message other than, uh, you know, probably I would say be present, right? Be present. Because the thing is, is that, like, when you're present, it's like it's harder for, for you to miss stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're alert. You're sober. You're vigilant. Kind of sounds like scripture that, 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 that we were warned about, about being sober and vigilant. And so... Um, we don't want to be the mark. Amen? So, on that note, turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. Remember, there's a lot of distractions going on. I mean, some of y'all probably distracted at the fact that I'm up here and I'm not blacked out. I'm not wearing black, all black as usual. Some of y'all came in here and it was like it was like seeing color TV for the first time. He's like, you do not have to adjust your vertical hold. There's there's nothing. Some of y'all don't even know about don't even know about that. But I I you know I'm I'm old enough to remember when TV used to go off. They played a national anthem and it went off, right? Just snow, snow on the TV, right? Mark chapter four. And, and in, this, in this passage, we're seeing Jesus is talking uh, 
about the, the different types of soil and the seed that's been sown. And in verse 18, it reads in the Amplified, it says, And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures, and the deceitfulness and the false security or glamour of wealth or fame, and the passionate desires for all other things creep in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. I don't know if, if you guys know about this or not, but as believers, we have been called to bear fruit. Amen? Amen. Y'all gonna have to talk to me today. We are called to bear fruit. And so, uh, if we're fruitless, then that means we're of no use to God. Amen? So, one of the things that makes us fruitless is allowing the distractions, the cares of this world, the trials and tribulations that we encounter to become so much of a distraction that it becomes an attraction and it chokes the word out of us. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, he said, being the fact that he was familiar with, with, with this tactic of the enemy of, of getting us distracted, he says, look, I'm going to give you the game plan and let you know this is what it's going to take for you to become fruitful. Amen? Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 1. And Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Means I'm begging y'all by the mercies of God that you present your finances. That you present your title. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Oh, and by the way, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, and by the way, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So it is, here it is, we have Paul saying, look, you need to present, I'm, I'm begging you, and if you're going to make it, I need you to present your body a living sacrifice. It's funny, man, we, we, have, we have like, these dudes that think they're hard, you know what I'm saying, in culture, they think like they, you know, they bout it, you know what I'm saying, they bout their life, and they're like, man, I'll die for mine, you know what I'm saying, I'll, I'll die for mine. But it's a whole nother thing when you got to live. It's a whole nother thing when you got to live. You know what I'm saying, when you, when you die, what do you say, the, the, the psalmist said, he said, he said, if I die and go in the grave, Lord, who's going to give you praise? I can't, get, I can't do nothing once I'm in the grave. So, I mean, it's kind of an easy thing for you to go ahead and die, but it's a whole other thing when I, I need you to live. Yeah. Why? Because when, as long as we live, we're going to be going through stuff. We're going to be challenged to grow. We're going to have challenges and opposition and obstacles. So I need you to live. 
But not only do I need you to present your body first and foremost, a living sacrifice, Paul is saying, I need you to engage your mind and I need you not only to present first, but I need you to be present. Present, then be present. I need you to engage. So we're going to take a look at a story where we have both the presentation and then we also have the present. So turn to Luke chapter 10. And the main bulk of our text today, Luke chapter 10, right around verse 38, you see Jesus, Jesus did a whole lot of traveling. He went from village to village, you know what I'm saying? If it was our day, he went from hood to hood, right? Jesus went everywhere. He was traveling like a javelin, you know what I'm saying, doing his thing. He was going, spreading the word, uh, healing people, you know what I'm saying, setting people free, sending his word to heal people. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Jesus' ministry was like A1, right? So Jesus comes in verse 38, he's about, about around verse 38, he comes to a village called Bethany. And in Bethany, his homegirl Martha and his homegirl Mary and his homeboy Lazarus, Lazarus was their brother. And I don't know if you guys remember Lazarus, but Lazarus was the dude that Jesus called up out of the, out of the tomb. Said, loose that man and let him go. He was wrapped in grave clothes. He was dead and stinking. Wasn't like he just fell asleep and he was in a coma. He was dead and he stinketh is what King James said. Right? He stunketh. So, but this is the same people. So Jesus comes to their village and Martha says, Jesus, hey, check it out. I got the spread leg. Come, come to the house. Come to my house. You can come, come to my house. Do, you, do your thing over at my house. I got you taken care of. So Martha is a hostess. Martha got her own crib. She's like, Jesus, check out my crib. I got it laid out to bring the, bring the disciples. It's going to be on. I got the horde of wars already ready for you. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get it done. If you don't know what horde of wars are, they're hors d'oeuvres, right? That's how it's spelled, like horde of wars. But it's hors d'oeuvres, right? I don't know who came up with the language. It is what it is. So she got the hors d'oeuvres. She got the spread legs. She probably got, like, some deviled eggs. You know what I'm saying? She probably got, you know what I mean? She got, she got all the beanie weenies and everything laid out, and they about to, they about to have a little shindig and, and, and kick it. Right. And so we get around to verse 40. So everybody's over at Martha's house. Martha's there. Mary is hanging out at the feet of Jesus, kicking it at the feet of Jesus. And in verse 40, we read. But Martha was very busy. And distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. 
Let's take a look at the word present real quick. Or present. 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 All depends where the syllable is. Right? Put the emphasis on the wrong syllable and it means something else. Right? So here we have present. And the word present means to show or offer something for others to scrutinize or consider. Or to formally introduce someone to someone else. So here is we have Martha. Martha has made a presentation. She's made an offer to Jesus. She said, Jesus, come over to my house. I got it set up for you, man. I mean, come over. I, I, it would be an honor to have you at my house. Please come over to my house. I got, I got everything ready for you. You and the disciples come over, and you guys can do your thing, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful affair. Right? I don't know how they talk, but something like that. Right? She thought it would be lovely. I don't know how hostesses talk. But anyhow, she wants to host Jesus at her house, and she, she offers for, to open up her home so Jesus can come and do his thing. So the presentation is on point, right? Martha welcomed him into her house. But let's take a look at present. Present means to be in a particular place. Fully focused on or involved in what one is doing or experiencing, existing or occurring now. Ahora, right? So here we have in verse 39, it says, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So we obviously see that one sister is at the feet of Jesus. She's present. She's in a particular place. We also have the other sister who's in a particular place, and she's aware of what she's doing, but she's not aware of his presence. So we have one sister that's being and one sister that's doing. Mary, by presenting herself and being present in his presence, she received a present. She presented herself and was present in his presence and thus received a present. And we know what a present is. It's a gift. Amen? She received a present. In verse 42, Jesus says, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. So she obviously, if it can't be taken from her, she obviously received something. She received a present, from being in his presence. How many times do we speak in Christianese that we say that in his presence is fullness of joy? In his presence is everything that we need. It's become so cliche that we don't even really understand what it is we're saying. How many times do we look up at the screen and we sing the words that are on the screen, but we really don't take into consideration what it is that we are reciting? Be present. Mary chose being over doing. Martha chose doing over being. What's crazy about it is that Martha initiated the invitation. She got Jesus in her house. 
She got the king of kings and the lord of lords sitting in her living room. Eating her deviled eggs. We call them eggs on fire for Jesus. That's what we call them. They ain't deviled eggs. They eggs on fire for Jesus, right? By the way, my grandma makes the best eggs on fire for Jesus. So, But listen, when I am in his presence, it's important for me to understand that he is in the business of doing, I'm not doing. When I'm in his presence, I'm supposed to be being, not doing. He handles the doing. He and what he is doing are the main attraction. Not what I'm doing, what he is doing is the main attraction. I know y'all looking at me like, why are you using paper? It's because... Using these electronic devices can be very distracting. I get notifications and stuff that pop up in the middle of stuff. Pastor, it happens to pastor all the time. And I was like, man, I want to fit in line with this word. I don't want to be distracted, okay? So I'm using the paper. So bear with me. All my old schoolers out there that still use paper, I'm with you, right? Hey, man, I'm just telling you it's so crazy because I literally, technology is a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing and a curse depending upon how you use it. Because it's like everything is so automated to the point now where it's like almost like it's almost like they want us to be in autopilot. Like they don't want us to think about anything. They don't want us to be present. I mean, they're making cars that are going to drive by themselves. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be on the road with that. Right? I grew up in the 80s, man. And, and I remember Terminator, man. Sky, Sky, Skynet is, they trying to make that a real thing. Bruh, like, it's crazy. So, anyhow, I mean, like, you got people, like, you got people that, like, I work with coworkers that have been using computers so long that they don't even know how to write anymore. Like, it's just crazy. Like, it's crazy. So, that's why I just do half and half, man. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll be mindful. I'll send you an email that's about three fingers long. I'm not going to send it. Any longer than this, you can't just three fingers. Please do the same for me. Because if you send me something that's going to be like this long, an email, I'm not reading it. Straight up. It needs to be like text message long, like three fingers. If I put three fingers up to the screen, and I got big fingers. If you put three fingers up to the screen, and it's longer than that, I'm not reading it. No, I didn't get your email. No. I'm present, being present. One of the things that we, that, we, that we fail to realize, because we're so caught up with, with, with what we're doing, like when we first meet people and we're mingling at events and stuff like that, the first thing that typically comes up in the conversation is like, so what do you do? Because we so, we're so associated, we identify with what it is that we do, right? And that's what we define ourselves by. But at the end of the day, what we need to understand is that God created human beings, not human doings. So... In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being, not our doing. Some points that we need to ponder in this story is that Martha offered her house. And the thing about it is, it's like it says that she was distracted with all of her, her, her serving. She was busy and distracted with all of her serving. Now, 
don't know about you, man. Like, my house is only so big. Sometimes I get claustrophobic when people come over. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? I, it's bigger than the last place I stayed at. Amen. Praise God. Like, seriously, like, I mean, we, we lived in a trap for a minute. I don't know how many of you guys are true, like, 707ers, but you guys know where Parkway Gardens is. You know what I'm saying? We was over there. We was, we was in the thick of it. One way in, one way out. You know what I'm saying? It's like the jungles. It's kind of like, it was crazy. But nonetheless, I mean, we, we, we've been blessed with, with a home, and, and so uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, your home, you, you, you like to be comfortable in your home, right? And I don't know if you guys realize, but Jesus didn't just travel with the 12 disciples. Like, he had a whole entourage of people. Like, there was, like, throngs of people that followed him everywhere. And so here it is. She opens up her house. So she must have had, like, a decent-sized place, you know what I'm saying, that she was like, you know what, Jesus, I got it set up. Y'all come in, do your thing. But mind you, they couldn't keep it a secret. So I'm sure like half of the village then showed up and they like hanging in the windows and stuff. And I mean, like, you got to understand that when Jesus showed up places, they was like tearing roofs off so they could get to see Jesus. So it wasn't like Jesus was just chilling in there, sitting, you know what I'm saying, eating, eating sardines and crackers and stuff, you know, playing spades. He was in there actually giving the word, Right. Because it says that Mary was sitting at his feet receiving the word. So we see that Martha offered her house, but Mary offered herself. So you can kind of understand with Martha having her own crib and, and, and wanting to be the best hostess. Like, I mean, like people, people clown when... You know, you got a party or shindig and you run out of food and stuff. So she was probably stressing over, you know, that makes her look bad because she's hosted this thing. And she she initiated the invite. And so she's over there stressing because she's like, man, what am I? I'm going to feed all these people. And, and, and Mary over here sitting at Jesus' feet. And I'm over here trying to make sure people are fed, make sure they don't back up the, the toilet and stuff. We only got one toilet in this piece. You know what I'm saying? Like she probably she she probably stressing over everything, which is understandable. Right? You don't want people to go hungry. You don't want to look bad. However, we do know that there were some uninvited guests. So if the uninvited guests show up and, they, and the food is gone, guess whose responsibility is to get something to eat? Ain't hers. I'm, I'm telling you this in life. So, like, we got small groups after this. I'm just telling you in life. I'm just saying. You show up late, you don't got nothing to eat, go find something. But here it is that she's worried about how things are going. It's not, it's not turning out the way that she thought it was. And so she gets all beside herself because she's distracted. What we need to look at and understand is that whenever we get distracted, just like Mary, I mean, just like Martha, when we get distracted, Martha irreverently addressed Jesus. And she became accusatory toward her sister. Lord, don't you even care about what's going on with me? Do you see that my sister left me to do all of the serving alone? Tell her to get up and help me. 
Who you talking to? That's, that's probably the first thing that kind of crossed Jesus' mind. Like, who you talking to? I heard you say, Lord, with your lips, but your heart was far from me. Who you talking to? But, unfor- but, 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 but thankfully, Jesus ain't like most of us. Because I would have been like, who you talking like, was. Uh, let, me, let me explain something to you. I worked... Uh, I worked at, at a juvenile facility, and my coworkers knew, like, they, they loved working with me. I'm not, not tooting my own horn, but this is something that, like, supervisors used to say, like, they loved, they used to put me with everybody. Like, people that other people couldn't stand working with, they used to put me with them on shifts because I was just, like, a good balance for everybody, right? And so one day, I'm on, I'm on the unit working with somebody, and we had this one kid on the unit that, like, he was just testing the limits just constantly, and mind you, the ground is concrete, the, the ceilings are kind of high, and everything in there is pretty much made of metal or stone. And I was standing by the staircase, because that's where his room was, and I was telling him he needed to take it down because it was the time of the day that they were supposed to take it down to their room. And he said something smart and sideways at me, and I said, who are you talking to? I said it a whole lot louder than that, but it literally shook the stairs. Because I, because of of how it how it sounded and and my coworkers like literally like fell on the floor laughing because the kid froze and stopped and turned and looked like he couldn't believe like like it shook his soul or something. <laughs> so I mean like really when somebody get at you sideways that's kind of typically going to be your natural reaction like who is you talking to? And thankfully our Lord and Savior is not like us. He says, Martha, Martha. It's like he called her name twice. It wasn't like, he's right there. So it wasn't like there was another Martha in the room that that she could have been mistaken that he was calling. She's right there. And he says, Martha, Martha. And he does it in a manner to calm her and snap her out of her, 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 her distraction to bring her back center. Say, hey, look. You worried about so many things. I already know you worried about so many things. I see you running around here like the chicken with your head cut off. But your sister has chosen the thing that's most important. And that won't be taken from her. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't really rebuke her. It, it was a rebuke without really rebuking her. He answers her with, with compassion. And that's what God's been doing with a lot of us. We, like, like Martha, have become distracted with, with our day-to-day. We've, been, we've become distracted with our bills. We've become distracted with our relationships. we become distracted with, with whatever it is that's going on in our lives. Going to church and serving, becoming distracted with serving, that we ain't taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And then got the nerve to go pray to him, and we don't forget who we talking to. We don't even approach him right. Like, Lord, help. It's different, like, if you, like, drowning or something, and you, like, yelling out, Lord, help, Lord, save me, like, like Peter did. But it's another thing when you're just going through life, and, and your lack of time Spending with him, your lack of connection with him, your lack of being at his feet, your lack of spending time in the secret place 
allows you or, or you think it allows you or affords you the opportunity to address him casually. You might even call him Lord. You might even call him Father. You might, you might, you might bless his name a little bit, but your heart is not in it. Your heart is far from it. Your heart is, is completely consumed by the stuff that you got to do day to day. And his presence has shown up and you're not even engaged. Oh, you can present your body. Yeah, I can be there. But it's another thing to present your mind. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul. Love him with all your mind and all your strength. That's what he wants. He wants us to be present. He wants us to be all in. That's been our theme here. Much like Martha, when we get distracted, we lose our reverence. We lose our humility. When we get distracted, it skews our view of who God truly is, and it causes us to be critical of our brethren. We start judging so-and-so because we see them serving God in a certain way, when really what it is is that, is that our inner man, our spirit man, recognizes that they're growing in their relationship. They're growing in their intimacy with God, and you're far away. Close, but yet so far. What good is it that we come in here week after week, and we invite him into this place, but we never meet with him? Because we're busy serving. One of the reasons why I think it is is because a lot of times it's easier for us to serve than it is for us to commune. Why? Because to commune means I have to be connected. I have to be engaged. I have to have a relationship. But to serve, <laughs> I can just do stuff out of duty and obligation. I can do some stuff. Oh, you want me to go move these chairs and, and move these tables and set up for the event? Yeah, got it. Yeah, but we need you to pray uh, before service starts. Uh, I don't know. Hey, we need you guys to give for, for, for uh, you know, for back to school because the kids need supplies and stuff. Can you give? Yeah, man, I got you. I'll cash out how much, how much you guys need. We need you to, to, to uh, open up your mini mansion for, for small groups. I don't only got six bedrooms. <laughs> Bearskin rugs. Um, I don't know. Communion requires relationship. Martha lost her humility. And the reason why she lost her humility was because she allowed herself to get distracted with her serving. Fear and panic set in. And now she thinks that what she's doing and what she's engaged in, her panic of what she's doing is so important that she begins to think more highly of herself than she ought to. We just, we just read in Romans 12, 3, Paul says, and don't let anybody think more highly of themselves than they ought to. Jesus. 
She attempted to point out what she saw as a fault in her sister while being completely blind and oblivious to her own. And that's what we're like. It's funny, like my grandfather, <laughs> my grandfather said, he used to tell us, he's like, when you know when you point the finger at somebody, you got three more fingers pointing back at yourself. And I was like, well, that's why I point like this. <laughs> no, but it's funny, it's like, I was like, you know, grandpa always used to like, like share his little wisdom and stuff like that. And he used to get on my nerves because it made sense, but so I'd try and find a way to be like, that's why I point like that. But anyhow. <laughs> Listen, Martha fell for the con that the presentation of her resources and her work were more important than her being in, in the presence of God. The truth is, is that we need to be both equally present in the doing and in the being. We need to be, we need to be Martha and Mary rolled up into one. So don't get it twisted and think that this message is saying that you need to draw back on your servant. No, this message is about you need to turn up on your sitting at the feet of Jesus. We sanctify ourselves by being at his feet, that in our doing, we are identified as his. So we have to sanctif be sanctified so we can be identified as belonging to him. You can go ahead and put that picture up. I'm going to share a story with you guys real quick. So, um, as you guys can see in the picture, that's two babies, right? Um, that's Jericho and Wisdom. And so about 13 years ago, a little over 13 years ago, uh, in January, uh, it was a real rough time for, for Raquel and I. We were going like, you know, I was at a job that I didn't really, really care for too much, but I'm just trying to find and figure out some kind of way to provide for my family. And here it is. We got Ivy. Ivy is like about two at the time. He's about, yeah, it's like right before his third birthday. And we're going from one to three children. One to three children. You talk about a present. <laughs> Surprise. A present. But talk about being present. Because I mean, like, I don't know if you guys know, like, you ever, you ever seen somebody that, like, needed a babysitter? Right? They needed a babysitter and, like, some, you know, overzealous teenager or young adult. It's like, I could watch your kids. Don't worry about it. And you're like, okay. And they get there and they're like, that's, it, was, it was easy because they're like, man, all I got to do is just be a body. Just be a body there. Present my body, a living sacrifice. I'm going to be there. I watch them kids. No, dudes, you got to be present when you're watching them kids. It's like, like, especially when you got the kids that's like, the instructions that you got to leave with them is don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. Them gremlin children that you have that like... I'm serious. Like, you got to be present, man. Like, they up there drinking out the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like, stu like stuff like, you got to be present. And so here it is, man. We are, we're, it's, it's, it's January. 
And we were, we were blessed to have a really good uh, high-risk pregnancy doctor that uh, at the time, you know, Raquel was pregnant with, with the twins, and, and uh, he scheduled us for an emergency C-section because he was like, uh, wisdom is, if she stays in full term, she's, she's probably not going to make it. So she's struggling really bad on the inside. He's like, but I guarantee you, I bet you, I bet you anything that once she delivers, she's going to be strong and she's going to do really good. He, on the other hand, he ain't ready to come out yet because he in there growing. So this is probably like a, well after like a month of them being in the NICU. So they, we didn't get to bring them straight home. They stayed in the nursery for like quite some time. And so wisdom on the bottom, she's like, she's probably about almost a, like a month old or whatever. And you see how, how my hand is right there. That's, she was super small. She was smaller than that. That's after she's grown a little bit. So she came out, she was like barely two pounds. Jericho came out at six pounds. And it was like just a huge difference in their sizes. So nonetheless, uh, the doctor sends us to Oakland from Vallejo. He sends us to Oakland. He's like, you guys got to deliver these babies. And so we're, you know, we're in Oakland and they deliver and they're, they're being taken care of and stuff. And so I'm back and forth up and down the road every day from here to Oakland. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was the best of times and the worst of times during that time because I was just like, I was just kind of going through it. I'm like, Lord, I need you now more than ever because here it is. Now I'm responsible for these, these three little people. And it's like one to three like, I'm, I'm still trying, one to three. It's like, that's not even good math. It's like one to three. Like, how does that happen? One to three. And so, um, I say one, two, three. I said one to three. So, I'm like, I'm like overwhelmed to, to, overwhelmed is an understatement, right? And I'm just like, wow. And so, it was, the, it was the best and worst of times because here it is, these babies are, are we're just, you know, they're kind of touch and go. We're, we're wondering how they're going to turn out. Like, we, we, couldn't even, we couldn't even really see past where we were at at the time. And so um, I'm dependent upon God. Like, I mean, I'm driving up and down, slapping Kurt Franklin, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just like trying to listen to anything that's going to build my faith as I'm, as I'm going up and down the road. And mind you, at this time, you know, I've been fasting and praying for, for, for what we're going to do with this one to three. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and I'm presenting my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And I'm just like, Lord, I need you to help me to be present. I need, like, like the, the, the mind renewal that I had before the one to three, it needs to, I need you to do something to help me wrap my mind around this. And so in the midst of all that, Jericho, Something comes up with Jericho was, was feeding. Raquel had nursed him, and he ended up having blood in his stool. And so, uh, mind you, we're talking about thinking more highly of yourself than you ought and being present. So the doctor comes to us, and since we're in Oakland, we're dealing with, like, new doctors, so it's like they don't really know us and, and, and whatnot. And so the doctor says, you know what, um, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and run a, a pick line because he's got, he's got a stomach. We think he has a stomach virus or, or some, some kind of bug in his stomach. And so um, we're going to run a pick line. And, uh, and I'm like, a what? A run a what? What is a what line? What is that? 
And he's like, well, a uh, pick line is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a tube that we're a feeding tube that we're going to run through his femoral artery up so that way we can give his, his gut a rest and he doesn't have to worry about digesting the food and stuff like that. And I'm like, at the time I was a dialysis technician and I'm like sticking people with needles every day, grown people, full grown people. And people mess up on full grown people with needles all the time. And I was like, I'm not really feeling that. So... I was like, man, you're going to have to do something else. Is there something else? He's like, nah, we're just going to go ahead and do a pick line. It's a normal procedure. And the doctor becomes increasingly irritated at the fact that I'm questioning. I'm like, nah, man, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not really understanding this. You said that you think that this is what it is. So you're not sure that this is what it is. He's like, yeah, but, but it's, it's all right. It's just a normal procedure. I'm like, okay, but you just said that you think that this is what it is, but you don't know that this is what it is. So he becomes even more increasingly, he's like getting agitated at the fact that I'm questioning anything. Like he's the professional, he knows he went to school, he did all, he did his thing. He knows he's been at this a lot longer than I have. Uh, he, knew, he knew what he was doing. So he was expecting me to just bow. And I was like, bro, you dealing with an alpha that knows the alpha and Omega, so I'm not, I'm not just taking the pick line. So it got to the point where he became so irritated with me that he was distracted by his irritation and stepped outside of himself and replied to me unprofessionally. It was like, well, if he loses his gut, it's on you. I'm going to tell you on the inside, on the inside, I was about, I know what I am about to lose off in your, you know what. And that's what I said on the inside. But I had been presenting my body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. And not only that, but I was also being present. And I was present enough to understand that that was just a distraction from what God wanted to do initially. And because I had been presenting my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, and I renewed my mind and not conformed to the things of this world, and I was present enough to know that the Lord's presence was there with me, I was able to operate and function in the gift of faith that God had given me. And I reached inside of the, incubation, the incubator and laid my hands on my son and prophesied and prayed the will of God over his life. Had I not been present, had I not been presenting myself, had I not been aware of his presence, I could have I went to jail that day. That's why it's important for us to be engaged. It's important for us to be present. It's important for us to not be distracted by the chatter that's going on around us. We have to be present. I'm going to finish with this. Psalm 119, verse 36. This should be our prayer today. 
The psalmist says, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain and envy. Turn my eyes away from vanity. All those worldly, meaningless things that distract. Let your priorities be mine and restore me with renewed energy in your ways. I pray that that's our prayer in, our, in, in, in the direction that our heart is pointed today. You might be in here and you become just increasingly distracted by your situation, that your eyes are no longer on your Savior, that your eyes are no longer on the Lord. I don't care how vested or how much of a veteran you are in the faith or in the church. Never think that you're too high to come to the altar. The altar is where sacrifices are made. Present your body a living sacrifice. Present your life unto the Lord. If you're distracted, he can get your attention. He's in here right now. And he's calling your name twice. He's calling your name just like he called Martha. Not with a stern rebuke, but with a correction of compassion. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.